Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today on the show, I'm joined with ASD Life Coach Paul Klein from ASD Life Coaching Services. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside Asperger Studios Presents Stories. Today I'm joined with Paul Klein, who is an ASD life coach. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you so much, Reed. I'm honored to be here. Excited to talk to you. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, let's see. I'm, I met you because I'm going to be working with Jacqueline Hunt, uh, ASD life coaches, and doing some autism life coaching. Um, I'm from Washington, D.C., uh, and maybe the last 15 years I've been working as a creative for nonprofits globally, uh, leading graphic and web and digital design. Yeah, that's a starter. <laughs> so how did you get, in, what got you involved in working with those who are on the spectrum? Um, Along my path, I've had a pretty multifaceted career. Uh, at one point, I got a master's in spiritual psychology. I actually have three master's degrees, which mostly I got during career transitions. But spiritual psychology was sort of a calling. Mm -hmm. And I went out to the University of Santa Monica in California, studied that. And I remember just after the master's concluded, I was watching a PBS program on the human brain. And they had just a small section of that program on uh, Asp what was called Asperger's at the time. Now it's all just called Autism Spectrum. And as they were going through the dif differentiators, how they tested people for Asperger's um, from each piece of the program on that subject to the next, I kept saying, wow, that's how I think. Wow, that's how I see it. That's <laughs> so I was like, what is all of this? I knew I, I knew I was uh, different in some way than many, and my dad also. Um, and so I joined some groups, uh, Asperger's groups, and ran into a lot of people that seemed quite familiar in terms of the patterns and the challenges, et cetera. I never got a formal diagnosis. Um, and when I brought it up with my father, he wouldn't have it. But <laughs> it seemed pretty clear as day. Uh, and I think um, I'm pretty high functioning. So it's actually a little bit more challenging because nobody ever, many don't see enough to give me extra room to maneuver. And I didn't know enough to ask for any help. So it was uh, in a way a little bit more challenging. But I think that experience started to get me involved in a couple ways. Yeah. All right. So where did you grow up? I yeah. was born in southern New England in Connecticut, northwest Connecticut. Um, 
And my family moved outside Washington, D.C. for a few years, which were my most favored three years of my childhood. I really loved the community down here. I live in D.C. now. Um, and then we moved back to southern New England, to Rhode Island. Uh, I lived also in Massachusetts and, and in Vermont. Um, and came back down to D.C. in 2000. Uh, because I wanted to do international development work. I had just finished a master's in um, in international political economy at Harvard um, and a minor in international economics. And I was working for the British Foreign Service for a couple of years uh, as a vice consul for trade uh, and diplomacy. So uh, I knew the industry was here in DC for international economic development, which was my passion. That time I thought I could save the world and wanted to try <laughs> and uh, moved down here through a high tech job. I was in the high tech industry at that point and um, then made my transition into that, into international economic development. Yeah. yeah. So what motivates you, inspires you and drives you? I think it's going to sound cliche, but sharing the light is really a big motivator. Um, I think I'm both analytical and art and an artist in a way. And when I went to the University of Santa Monica for spiritual psychology, they they choose a male and a female for student of the year every graduation. And to my surprise and uh, and you know honor, they chose me and another woman in the class. And they give you a plaque, and on that plaque they wrote uh, a paragraph in which was a phrase, artist of the light. Mm -hmm. um, and that still makes me emotional just saying it, because I think that gets to my essence. I've always kind of danced on both sides. So in practical terms, what does that mean? Uh, it means I love being a healer and a facilitator and, and a helper and a guide. Uh, it also means I am creative and I'm, an, I'm artistic by nature. And I did a lot of art early on. And then I ended up doing art for international affairs <laughs> for a while in the form of mm -hmm. uh, graphic design uh, for programs to help women and families and children and economies around the world. Um, so I think it just has many forms and it's the essence. Yeah. And I like to help people find their own light. What What is the best compliment you've ever received? Uh, I think that plaque might have been the best compliment, but a nice one I received a couple months ago uh, when I was uh, with the International uh, Rescue Committee managing a team of about five or six people the senior designer said to me that she really appreciated my management style. She said, you really listen. And that's so unique in the corporate environment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you might know that it is pretty common for people that are on the spectrum to be a little bit more concrete, but also a little bit more candid. And I don't know if this is the case for everybody, but for me, that also translates into listening more candidly, mm -hmm. like taking 
what people say uh, as meaningful and connecting authentically. It's a little bit harder for me to put on a sort of a professional veneer that is maybe a little as thick as some might do for social success. Yeah. No. What is your biggest failure and what have you learned from that experience? Gosh, I don't look at failures as failures. Um, I look at everything as a learning and growth experience. Uh, yeah, uh, I think one of the biggest challenges I had, especially growing up, um, was growing up with pretty intense, as a pretty intense asthmatic, especially as a young child. Um, I remember even one year, I think I got pneumonia twice. I it tended to get it every year in my young, younger childhood. And I know around the age of eight or nine, I um, almost passed away. They sort of gave up on me. They didn't, but somehow it turned around after we goes in the hospital. Um, and then at the, around the age 15, I think it was, maybe 13, something in that range, I think 15, um, they came out with a, a ster new asthma steroid inhaler, and it was like a miracle drug. I was unable to run, be outside most of the time, my whole life until then. Um, and all of a sudden, I could run, and I could do things, and I could go places. It was almost like a cured asthma. Um, what did I learn from that? Uh, I don't know. I guess one observation might be that as challenging as things are, and as long as they they seem to last, even forever, to a child, fifteen years is sort of forever. Um, things do change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Things change in life, and just people just sometimes just don't take take it for granted. Yeah, change is good. It's the way of the universe. Mm-hmm. So tell me about three influential people in your life, Paul, and how they impacted your life. Uh, well, I think the first one might be um, the same answer as everybody, my mother. <laughs> um, she was amazing, bright, um, had a lot of light, especially towards me, a lot of love. Um, and she's passed uh, about a year and a half, but she was a realist, sharp and a realist, and she loved sociology. Uh, so she really had a, a good way of seeing the world. And it was very grounding. I think it really, you know how your early childhood and your parents really kind of create the framework for you mm -hmm. as a being to exist here, wherever we are here on earth. Um, so she gave me a lot. Um, the next would be my birth father. Um, he had this amazing, just spiritual peace about him. You didn't have to speak with him. You didn't have to interact, just sit together. He loved to just lay down in the sun outside. I would go visit him sometimes in New York later on in life. And we would go to Central Park and just sit on a hill under the sun. Uh, and just being in his vicinity, there was this warmth and this spiritual eternity that you could experience. Um, and then the third one is uh, my stepfather. It's very different from my father, 
uh, my stepfather's also passed almost two years now. Um, an amazing, amazing individual. He, he was like the kind of the big man, the humble big man on campus type. He was the president of his class. He, he was from Rhode Island and he, um, was the coach and the quarterback, you know, that kind of person. And he was smart Mm -hmm. as well. And he did well in school and he had a career in finance, insurance and wealth management. Um, And he was more of a listener and he had this loving essence, like a beneficent soul. Um, And I think pretty much everybody, probably every soul that he came across, friend, acquaintance, our family, um, were just blessed by his presence. Um, he really modeled a lot that that wasn't available or present in the patterns in my family. He modeled uh, this sort of executive uh, ability to walk through life, humility, listening, unconditional love, um, and practical wisdom. Um, yeah, he's he's an amazing guy, and I'm grateful for all three people. All right. What yeah. makes you feel inspired or like your best self? I think two things. Uh, I anything sort of metaphysical uh, that might be a little lofty for some to hear uh that could be spiritual um can be astrology the esoteric arts um i think i just have a connection to the cosmos let's just put it that way so anything uh in that realm i really do connect and open up and when I'm being of service really brightens me up. And it's sort of like there's an activation switch. So when it's particularly when I'm working with other people who are healers, ministers, and we're just seem to be in groups that are those people a lot without planning it. Um, I seem to be able to just open up and hold presence and channel wisdom and be of service to people like that quite well. All right finish this sentence i'm at my best when i'm serving others all right very good answer if you can turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self what would you tell him about where about where you are now in life about where i am now in life um I don't know what I would tell him about that. And sorry, I don't have a good answer for that, but I think I would tell him just keep going with it. I had a great college experience. So from 18 to 22, and I really opened up and I, um, and I think I would tell him, trust that even if your environment shifts and changes and you're not getting as much positive feedback, trust that and continue being that person. All right. If you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it what would it be and why? Billboard with anything on it. Uh, I'm going to assume people will read it, get it, and like it. <laughs> uh, surrender to the light. 
there's so much human suffering and machinations. It's astounding because humans are astounding. You know, humans have incredible abilities. So much of it is channeled into control, an effort to control, control idea, what each group or individual believes is their ideology or to fit in and support that kind of thing. And so much um, unnecessary suffering and lack of progress happens uh, as a result. So if people could really get that, I think I would put surrender and open to the light. <laughs> All right. What do you think the world would look like in five years from now? I wouldn't be a candid person if I didn't share that I have concern about what the world will look like five years from now. Um, I'm hoping to be surprised uh, by what I would call the positive. I'm very concerned about American democracy and its potential demise. I'm concerned about things looking like they looked before World War II. Uh, with a movement more nationalism and, and control, as I said, uh, totalitarian forms of leadership and nationalism and even mm -hmm. fascism um, mm -hmm. in many countries and a, and a huge movement by the people in this country to support it for whatever reasons I'm sure are valid to them. Um, I don't think people are thinking, and this might be arrogant of me, but I, I don't think people are thinking or deep enough or really understand the ramifications. So I think in five years, this is of my whole lifetime. It's the, I think it's the most vulnerable time I've ever seen the world and this country. Last comment on this is, you know, I grew up as a child in the late sixties and most of my childhood was in the seventies. And I thought the progression of, liberalism and cooperation and working together and inclusive inclusivity was going to continue as a trend. I didn't realize it was sort of an exceptional blip in history mm. <laughs> and it was going to potentially return to how it was, or maybe even different or worse version of that. Who knows? So we'll see. I'm going to hope for the best and call on the light and just surrender to whatever it is and show up the best I can for myself and others. All right. What was your favorite subject in school? Ooh, that sounds like such a simple question. But for me, I, uh, as you and I were talking at another point earlier, uh, I have many interests, so I have many favorite subjects. Uh, the one that comes to mind is uh, international affairs. I always had a passion for that. Um, and as I said earlier, did a master's in that. Yeah. All right. Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I would label myself as a social introvert. I do like socializing. I love getting out. I love being around people. Um, but I, and I refresh a little bit from people, but I equally refresh by withdrawing and mm -hmm. don't like too much sustained time around people. I definitely need that me time. And alone to yeah. even throughout the work day. Yeah. If yeah. you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be and why? 
I'd love to be remembered through, for some sort of breakthrough in any field or any situation. Um, I think more likely is I'll, I'll be remembered for the few or many, however it ends up being, that I sort of touched and either nurtured, helped, shared love, shared held space for, created some inner or outer freedom for. All right. And why don't you tell me a little bit about where you are now in life? Uh, I've had a number of careers uh, started, and I went pretty deep in each one, got a master's degree from most of, most of them, um, starting in engineering, communications engineering, system software, uh, to high-tech international business, to international trade. Uh, to international economic development, emergency relief and poverty relief, and finally to the creative fields in the international service, international development space, which I've been in for a while. Um, and I'm now opening up to doing a little bit more coaching, a little bit more working with people and creating that freedom inner and outer uh, and kind of being a stopping place in people's journey you were at one point you and i were talking and you shared about uh, a trip you took an amazing mm -hmm. trip and stopping and asking for directions when you needed it i really thrive of being that person that is sort of the stopover in people's life journeys or their mm -hmm. or a period in their life and they get those simple little directions or just reflection or that moment of space to really accept and see themselves so maybe more of that <laughs> all right now we get to the quick now we get to the good part of the show where i hit you with the quick questions are you ready and we're looking for quick answers yes okay are you ready getting ready <laughs> okay shoot what is your favorite word freedom what is your least favorite word Prison. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, and emotionally? Art and psych I'll say the human psyche. All right. What turns you off? Uh, how do you say this? I'll call it as inside the box. All right. What's your favorite curse word? Well, I mean, it's the all-purpose F word. <laughs> All right. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, the sound of waves uh, lapping on the seashore. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, people screaming or screeching in pain. All right. What's your favorite color? I think I'd call it um, gallery orange. <laughs> What's your least favorite color? Evergreen. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, that's a good one. Since I've done so many, what's left? <laughs> um, 
I'd love to be a pilot, uh, airplane pilot or spacecraft that were to ever come around. (laughs) What profession would you not like to do? Uh, been bureaucratic middle manager. (laughs) (laughs) If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I'd like to see God call my name with a smile and open arms. All right. When you arrive at heaven, who would you like to meet? My mother, of course, uh, my stepfather and my father. Um, but I'd also like to very much meet uh, Jesus. That would that'd be beyond amazing. All right. What books do you recommend my audience read? Uh, let's see. So many. I think um, in the holistic sense, The Alchemist is a really great book. In business, anybody who's in business in industry, crossing the chasm, think the author's name is something like Michael Moore, but that could be off. Um, any other? Ah, one other. Um, there's a book called Lamb. It's written humorously, but it's it's a supposed gospel about the childhood of Jesus. Uh, it's spiritually beautiful, uh, funny. Uh, as can be and just a joy to read and finally where can people find out more about you uh my bio uh paulkline.com which is spelled p-o-l-k-l-e-i-n.com slash bio or just go to the site and click the menu and find the bio there's a good amount about me there and in terms of my holistic work um same url paulkline.com slash holistic and i've done a little work with with parents of children on the spectrum and i have a subsite for that too slash spectrum all right now we get to the show where something new we're going to do word association i'm going to say a word and you tell me the first word that pops into your mind okay all right coffee sneezing sneezing say again did you say sneezing? Sneezing. All right. Vanilla. Chocolate. Sky. C. S E A. Desert. Sun. And finally, life. Force. Do I get a psychological profile out of this? <laughs> and that's it everyone that was Paul Klein part of ASD Life Coaching and I'll see you on the next one thank you so much Reed it's a pleasure it's a pleasure too Klein talk to you again the way things used to be I'm no big fan of now I must have some sweeter memories somewhere in the cloud 
gonna miss all you used to be Gonna miss all you had Consigned to the dustbins of history Like opinions from your dead Talk to the freaks. You can talk to just about anybody you happen to meet. It ain't what it was, and it ain't. 